Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, sponsored by the Pageant Planet Shop, where you can find everything from, I mean, butt glue to rain cosmetics to Candace Pelletier swimwear to Jonathan Kane shoes, literally Everything you need to buy for your pageant, you can find it in our store and you get free shipping on all the products all the time. So literally just point, click, buy, no hassle. So I am extremely excited about today's call. We have on the phone, Wendy Russo, who, I mean, she's an image and a pageant coach, but additionally, she's a national television show host. And oh yeah, in her spare time, she's also Mrs. USA United Nations 2016. Wow. Wendy, welcome to the call. Thank you, Stephen. I'm very excited to be a part of Pageant Planet. I love what you guys do. Well, we appreciate it. And thanks for just being on board with us. So we're super stoked. <laughs> okay, so let's dive into your coaching. I'm, um, I'm really curious, like what areas do you feel like are your absolute specialty? I would say paperwork and interview. Because being a full-time television host where I sell a variety of products from uh, cosmetics all the way to computers to sheets, literally anything that you would use, I sell. And I need to absorb all the information about the product and then deliver the information in a concise and understandable way within four minutes. Usually our sales are about four minutes long. So I'm very good at disseminating information in a perfect way for communication, whether it's an interview or on stage or in a paperwork format. So I feel like my skills are ideal for interview because interviews are generally four to five minutes in length. So how do you communicate all that you want to say in that short of a time and you keep their interest? Because as you know, we all have a little bit of ADD and if we get bored, our mind kind of flits off in another direction. So it's really important to keep the judge's attention and yet make your conversation very relatable and yet hit your key points. Yeah. So what do you feel like is the biggest contributing factor to keeping the judge's attention, especially after if you have one of those names that like start with a Z and you're at the, all the way at the end of the list, there's 20 some girls who went ahead of you. What's that main thing that's going to keep their attention? You know, it's interesting because everybody is different. And this is where I think private coaching is really key because I can give you tips. But in reality, most young girls don't know who they are yet. So as you're evolving and growing and becoming a woman, you need to figure out what your strengths are. And a lot of girls who come to me have low confidence. They don't know what their skills and gifts are. They're looking for pageantry to really fill that void of helping them gain confidence. But unfortunately, it's a catch-22. You want to gain confidence in pageantry, but you need to have confidence to be successful in pageantry. So the key is really to identify what your strengths are. And I think I'm really good at that because I really get to know each girl. It's not just about making your paperwork look good. Your paperwork has nothing to do with, oh, it's organized and it looks good and the grammar's right and, the, and there's, a, there's a comma over here and colons over here. No, your paperwork is about being a direct reflection of who you are, a snapshot of you that is different from anybody else. So the key to interview or paperwork is identifying 
who you are and specifically giving those examples. So the judges create a picture in their head of what you're all about. That's awesome. So now would you consider yourself a, like a full service coach? Um, yes. Tell us Actually, more about that. I feel that the reason I got into coaching to begin with is because I started my pageant journey at 40, which is older than the hills. And so my first pageant, I lost. I got my I got my butt beat and I was off stage crying. And I'm like, girls, how do you do this over and over again? This is horrible. So I didn't understand how people kept coming back. But what I didn't know, I didn't know there were pageant coaches. I didn't even have a pageant coach. I'd never heard of one. So I made sure to see pageant coaches for interview because I had one pageant coach who didn't help with interviews. So I had to find someone else for interview. I had someone else to help me with my styling for a photo shoot. So I felt like I had to find all these different people to help me. Well, from that experience, the next year I came back and won and I learned here's what it takes. Here's how you walk. From A to Z, since I had never walked on stage before and I had no clue, I think I'm very good at teaching people how to walk. So if you go to my YouTube uh, channel, it's basically going to be Pageant Walk 101. You can see, and I did a 35-minute long session. This is not just like, here's some tips for walking, which I think, good luck with that. This is step-by-step. In other words, if you're a beginner and you've never walked out on stage, I'm very good at giving that direction. Now, because I Skype all over the country, it's hard for me to do in person, right? So I refer everybody to that video. Now, what I recommend is that people shoot a video of themselves doing the walk, and then I give them direct feedback about how to fix and tweak. So that's how I get around the whole Skype thing. How do I help people nationally. And then in terms of full service, people will send pictures of dresses. I really don't love the whole dress thing. So I love what you do because you make it a lot easier with your, with your website to be able to identify dresses. I don't own a gown shop. I don't have that. So I love that you make it super easy to search through inventory and that's a weakness that I have because I don't have a store, but luckily we have resources like pageant planet Girls can be really kind of shopping without being at the store. Yeah, which was the idea behind it. So yeah, thanks for the plug. Now, when when choosing a pageant coach, what should these girls look for? I mean, a lot of newbies, like you said, don't even know coaches exist. Where do they begin? What should they look for? Well, I was just wrote an article. There's an online magazine called Crowned, and I wrote an entire article about how to choose a pageant coach. I've seen a lot go down with pageant coaches. And I would say, number one, you need a pageant coach who's invested in you. What does that mean? It means someone who really cares about if you're going to do well or not, regardless about what their thoughts are on, oh, I don't know, she's not going to win anyway. I, I coach every girl like they matter. And that means even if I have a girl who comes to me with zero experience and I look at her and I say, okay. She needs a lot of work, whether it's her figure or her walk or, oh, my gosh, this is so much work to teach somebody the beginning of pageantry all the way to the to a win. I take that on wholeheartedly. I have many Mrs. Minnesota winners who have never stepped on a on a stage and they've won their first time out. 
So I invest a lot of who I am and I give way above beyond our one hour session. And that's just my personality because I'm a little intense. <laughs> I charismatic. like to win. Charismatic is what you're charismatic. I'm, I'm charismatic. I like to win and I like my girls to succeed. And it's exciting for me. I love taking a girl that no coach wants that no one's returning her calls. Nobody cares about her because she's not the prettiest girl who hit the planet. And guess what? I love making her look the best she can be. I love finding out what makes her special and make her shine. Because to me, if you're a really good coach, are you really that amazing of a coach because you have all of these formers who've done this system six times before and finally they helped her to win? No. I think you're an amazing coach if you can take someone from A to Z to a win who was completely clueless and transform them into a confident pageant title holder. That is success in my eyes. So I have a very different philosophy, but I think it's important that you choose a, a coach who invests in you. That's hard to find. Yeah. In my is. opinion. Now, how can you, how can you find that? I mean, out the gate, because in just having one conversation, what, what are some, are the keys that you look for to find like, Oh wow, this person is going to invest in me. Number one, did they return your email ever? (laughs) Do they do it in a timely manner? Do they allow you to ask questions in text outside of the session? Are they somebody who's coaching everybody in your state for the same system? So let's just face it. If a coach has nine people in their state's USA system, who's going to get the most attention? Yeah. The girl they think is going to win. Right. So, I mean, I'm just saying what I see. I'm just, I'm very honest about it. I tend to take on one, maybe two people maximum per system. I feel like it's really important to invest everything in that one girl. And I don't like feeling as though people are picking favorites. I think that's totally not cool. Like, oh, I think this girl's going to win. I'm going to put her in the white gown and all the other girls, I'm going to do this with them. Or the winner I'm going to put with her hair up. And then the other girls, I'm going to have their hair down. Like there, I see this stuff go on. And I think you need to coach each girl for what is their personal best. Now, does price factor into it too? I mean, do you find that maybe coaches that maybe charge a little bit more, that they are typically more professional, judges that charge, coaches that charge less are a little bit more kind of what you were just describing? I think you should look at the coach's track record Hmm. and maybe even contact some of the title holders they've worked with and speak to them because sometimes I notice that uh, someone will coach somebody really just help them with with one thing and claim them saying I coached her, but really they just helped her pick out a dress or something. So you kind of need to talk to the person and say, so what did she do for you? Did she do just wardrobe or did she help with interview? What did she help you with? Because saying you're a full service coach means you are helping with every aspect of the competition. If you want just an interview coach, then great. I say, Make sure you're contacting other previous people who've been coached by the person and ask how were they interview? How did they help you? You kind of need feedback because let's face it, the website could be hype. You don't know. And I think it's important to get it from the horse's mouth and hear it uh, from them. So that, that would help. And price is not an indicator of how good a coach is. Prices are actually lower than any other coach in my state. 
And I do that because I actually have a full-time job where I make good money. And for me, pageants are a passion. They're a hobby. And the money that I make from my coaching, I put into my own pageants, either for myself or for my daughters. I'm paying Peter to pay Paul because I'm thinking <laughs> I need to buy myself a beautiful gown for my pageant. So then I then I find another resource of income. Plus, I love doing it. So it, it's kind of a win-win for me. But price is not an indicator of how good a coach is. It's awesome. So do you feel like everyone really needs a pageant coach in order to win? Well, if you're doing a small local, no. If you're doing a sweetheart pageant or a Miss Pickle festival or a peanut festival, I mean, I don't know. Some of these states are hardcore. I know Alabama's a big pageant state and some other southern states. I don't think I would enter some coaching. So it just depends on where you are in the country, what system you're going for. But I'll just say this. From my own personal experience, I never would have won a pageant without help. Yeah. Now, I mean, you yourself, you, you've held many titles. I mean, including your current, which is Mrs. USA United Nations. I mean, yes. do you feel like from your perspective, being a title holder has better enabled you to coach girls? It actually has. And because I've done so many different systems and plus I've coached my daughter who's 11 now in so many different systems, she's done little miss United States and placed second runner up. She did NAM. She was first runner up at nationals. She's won her state every time at NAM. She's also competed in Texas in natural and glitz because I wanted to her to learn the skills because I noticed at little miss United States, the girls from the South were very polished and they had glitz training, and I said, my daughter's going to need some of that to compete with the girls who are really heavy into pageants since they were, like, born. So to me, to have a competitive edge as a coach means I have a varied enough background in enough different either modeling competitions or whether it be beauty walks, whether it be gown walks, so that I can be a full-service coach to you. Otherwise, I really should just stick to a few systems. But since I've done... Mrs. America system, Mrs. United States system, Mrs. Globe system, Mrs. Galaxy system, Ms. America system, and now Mrs. United States, or rather Mrs. United Nations, you're talking, now I have a huge array of resources to help teach somebody else for their system. And I've actually had a lot of clients where I have never coached somebody in that system before, and yet they had a national win. Like my current Mrs. Corporate America, I've never done that pageant. I have never coached somebody fully for that pageant, and yet I knew enough about interview, modeling on stage, how to present yourself in gown, and how to sell yourself that she won the national title. Awesome. Now, when preparing for competition, what do you feel like is the biggest mistakes that you see girls making? Not taking it seriously. Need I say more? <laughs> well, for me, you probably do. I mean, I know what that looks like, uh, okay, but maybe okay. to the girl who's listening, she might not. Oh, so what's some okay. indicators that a girl isn't taking it serious? Don't tell me or anyone. I'm really good at interview. All right. Because we all listen. I'm good at interview. You think I don't do some interview coaching before I go into interview? Like I'm a pageant coach and I still will not compete without getting coached. 
So ladies, girls, everyone, you need to get help to make sure you're the top of your game. And the other thing is, if you're starting from square zero, you have even more work to do in terms of learning the system. Please research your system. Please learn about what are they looking for. Read their website. What is their mission statement? How long is I have girls coming to me. They don't even know if their interview is a panel or one-on-one. They don't know how long the interview is. They don't know if there's paperwork. I, I'm like, what? <laughs> so, so know where, what you're getting into. Secondly, you really need to know your system in terms of choosing wardrobe. Do not choose a plunging neckline for Miss America. There are certain things that make sense. You're doing the international system. It's a conservative system. I feel they have Christian values. Do not have your boobs out in your gown. And you really need to think about that when you're going an interview about how you're portraying yourself. So there's some common sense things, but unless you've really done the research and if you have someone guiding you who knows the system, you will get there faster. So I personally feel like pageants are so expensive. Let's do it right the first time. Yeah. Okay. So to recap, it's basically um, knowing the rules of the system, kind of understanding the culture of the system, um, researching like the past competitors to kind of analyze what they wore and what to do. Um, And fourth, it's really assessing your skill um, yes. not just saying, eh, I'm good at interview. It's like, yes. okay, what part are you good at interview and what part do you feel maybe you need to improve? And that's where a coach comes in because they can help you assess. I mean, exactly. like, uh, obviously, well, not obviously, but I've never competed in a pageant, but in, in business, I hire consultants all the time. I've got two calls today with two different consultants to help me analyze my business to make it better. So this is no different. Um, exactly. I really have a hard time with gals who will spend thousands and thousands on a custom Sherry Hill gown. Mm-hmm. And then they only have money for one coaching session. And I just had this happen actually where a really gorgeous girl got first runner up in her state and she's truly could have won quite easily, but without the communication skills yeah. in a system that really required communication skills, that amounted to the first runner up. And it's a, sh- and it hurts me because I'm like, no, it's just challenging. If you're not setting yourself up for success by being prepared, I'd rather see you in a lesser gown or a less expensive gown and spend that money where you need to, to be prepared. So you can speak to adults when you're talking to adults and those are who your judges are, you need to be able to articulate so they understand you. A lot of girls will read interview questions and they'll feel like, well, in my head, I know what I'm going to say until you verbalize. You're not going to really get it down. Are you? Yeah. Agreed. Now let's, let's back up even a moment, like before the girl even chooses the system, how can she know before she puts that money down for the registration, especially with USA, which is pushing yeah. a few grand in some of the states? Um, how can she know that that's the right system for her? I think at least half of the girls in my state should not be on the USA stage. And I unfortunately, I think they have no idea what they're walking into because they've never competed before. And it's a shame. But 
you know, and here's what, why it hurts me as, as a, as a woman, as a mom, I don't want to see young girls feel like, well, I'm a failure. I'm not pretty enough. No, you just didn't know what you were doing. So to me, most people probably shouldn't be on that stage because they're not prepared. They haven't coached. They don't understand the system. They don't know how to walk yet. You know, USA requires a high level of skill with stage work and walking and posing, that comfort level where you don't look at a girl and cringe. You ever watch a pageant? And you're like, oh, that's the cringe worthy factor of mm-hmm. I, ooh, her, her, the walking is horrible. The posture is horrible or the swimsuit is there's too much jiggle with the wiggle in the teen division. You know, all that stuff where she should be, you know, reined in a little bit more with the wardrobing. So we've all seen it. And. That's the stuff that, unfortunately, I feel like they don't know enough to even research. So they probably don't even know about your website, Stephen. <laughs> unfortunately, USA gets them before pageant planning can get them. Um, so with, <laughs> so let's so let's say a girl's watching it, watching this interview, and maybe she just came off the stage from USA and she was like, okay, that was a disaster. And now she's trying to find out, okay, is this system right for me or do I need another one? Um, where do you suggest she goes first? And second, how does, how can you analyze what a system is right for you just because it's just you and this other website with the criteria? I know. You know what? I've been thinking about writing a book called Pageant 101 because I feel like there's these basics, right? People don't understand the systems. I feel like I would love a little synopsis that, that tells the real deal, not just the marketing aspect. But, you know, for example, I would say, international system. You need to be articulate, well-spoken, have a great story related to your platform and understand that this is a very conservative system that they want on a state level. It's not about looks, but at a national level, it is. That's my assessment of international. It's a, I think it's an incredible system. And I, the title holders probably do more appearances than most other pageants do. If you move over to United States, I think at a state level, you know, you do need to have a good figure. You're in swimsuit. You are, you should have a little bit of experience before you go into that system, in my opinion. And then heading to nationals, they're really looking for USA quality. So each one has its own assessment. I don't know how to tell you. I don't know. Stephen, do you have something on your website that gives like, a real assessment of the systems and what would be right for them without marketing. I mean, that's hard. I don't know. Well, I mean, we did our best. We, we just launched something um, a few months ago. Um, well, no, it's been about a month ago since this recording. Um, and girls can go in and say, I live in Minnesota. I'm interested in a pageant. Like, if they assess their strength saying, okay, right. my strength right. is swimsuit or yes. if my strength is interview, they can say interview swimsuit. And then I can, they can also say I'm 23 years old. What's available to me. And then okay, all the, pa- I, like that. Yeah. I like that. And then all the pageants pop up and then they can read reviews on them um, and see what the director wrote about it. See different girls that competed in it, et cetera. And then they can contact the director. Yeah, that can help. That's good. Now, I think truly, if you're really in a quandary, a coach is going to help you. For example, I just spoke to a girl yesterday. She's gorgeous. She's competed in NAM. She's competed at USA. She's competed at IJM. All these systems, she hasn't won anything. Hmm. She feels like giving up about pageants. And so I said, you know what? Let's meet. 
I want to see a video of you on stage at NAM. I want to see your introduction. I want to see where you are for interview. I want to see your walk and I want to see you in person. And I'm going to be an honest, give you an honest assessment of which system you should do. So that's kind of, I think sometimes you need that. And, and that's, you hit the nail on the head right there. If you have a coach that you know of, like yourself, especially you're so familiar with things that are working in Minnesota and also nationwide because you have clients all over. I mean, you can give an honest assessment of, okay, our best chances of winning is this system for you. I mean, Nam exactly. alone, I mean, you're competing against hundreds of girls. It's really easy to kind of fall and I love Nam, but I mean, there are I just so many girls. It's, it's challenging. Well, what, I, what I tell my clients is I, who do Nam, I say, there's only 10 real competitors on that stage. Yeah, that's true. So the bottom line is the only way to be a real competitor at Nam is you need to be ready. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause we're pulling out the big guns, baby. That's a real serious pageant. Now what I love about Nam is though, it doesn't, I'd say it doesn't really matter. Like the beauty end of it, it's not about, you don't need to be US, USA quality for NAM. You need a fantastic personality. You need to be able to pull it out within the one minute interview. Yeah. And you need a fantastic eye catching, ear grabbing and emotional t- uh, tugging intro. You need a lot of different elements to be on. And then you're a competitor. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're doing it and you're having fun. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just my five cents, but they do do, if there's enough people in your state, they'll do a top 20, which means you could eke yourself in there without any coaching. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do you mentally prepare your clients for their competitions? Well, I'd say I kind of have a really interesting approach. I'm guessing, um, in the beginning I'm, really analyzing who she is and I'm interviewing her and I'm figuring her out because this is a psychology exam right here. And I need to figure out who she is, how she sabotages herself, what her thinking pattern is, what her gifts are. And depending on the person, I may start boosting their confidence right away and telling them all the positives. Or sometimes I get girls who are overly confident. Hmm. And then those gals need a little reality check on what we need to improve on. I'd say some of the harder girls to coach are ones who've done systems before and feel like they know it all. Now, that's harder to challenge for me. But if I have a girl who's new or who maybe has never won before, I'm building her up from day one because the key is to know your strengths, right? So I'm here to tell you your strengths and I'm here to reinforce them. And yet I'm here to bring up your weaknesses because the key to any stage, to any pageant across the board, you must be at the top of your game in every single category. Mm. So I help them to really get there. But it is, you know, there are some people that they're so down on themselves. I just had another gal tell me, well, maybe this isn't my year. We haven't even competed yet. Okay. We haven't even competed yet. We only spoke one time and she's already telling me, well, I just feel like this year isn't really my year and I'm, I'm probably not going to win this year. I'm like, no, Eeyore. <laughs> so how do you, uh, because there are some girls with that limiting belief for whatever reason, maybe yes. they're superstitious or whatever. Um, how do you start to turn that around? I mean, do you suggest <laughs> that they read books? Do you ask them questions? Walk us through that. You know, 
reading a book is always helpful, but I feel like I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. So what I did is, I mean, literally, this is how I am, Stephen. I was like, all right, are you available tonight? I'm not kidding. I did a coaching session with her at 10, 15 at night. And I went through her paperwork and her strengths and I was, I'd say motivating her. So Mm -hmm. teaching her to motivate with her paperwork and with her interview and helping her to see the amazing things she can accomplish. And her story, just to give you a little quick, quick one is uh, she has a foster child, a former foster child Mm -hmm. that really touches my heart. So Mm -hmm. I go out of my way when, when I feel like somebody, I understand her background. Do you see why it's important to know what your client's background is? Because as a coach, Yes, we should treat everyone the same, but I'm also going to have a lot more empathy and compassion for someone who's had a very difficult upbringing. And she had been in 14 different foster homes. So my heart goes out to her and I understand why this is affecting her confidence. Yeah. So I will change how I coach somebody if I know they've been through something very traumatic. Yeah. Make sense? Yep. But with that, what kind of tools do you empower them with? So that after the coaching session, because they might feel really encouraged when they're with you. But when we go home, a lot of times those demons come back to haunt us. Do you put any kind of tools in their hands that say, this is how you keep yourself motivated from point A to point B? Yes. Or mantras or anything like that? Yes. I will send them quotes. Sometimes I'll tell them to read Marianne Williamson. I've had girls who, if they're diverse, one of my favorite diverse authors is Maya Angelou. And also, um, now I'm trying to think of her name. I love her. She's a therapist and she has a lot of great stories. She's going to come to me. She has, she's on Oprah. Mm, I'm going to have to get that for you, but I will try to give them resources. You're right. Because sometimes I feel like I can only do so much. Right. And I do need them to change their thinking. Marianne Williamson is another one that I personally like. I loved her book called A Woman's Worth. And one of my favorite quotes is one that later was quoted by Nelson Mandela, that you are a child of God. And who are you not to be beautiful and not to be gifted because you are a child of God? Like all of those things, because you're so right, Stephen, it all starts within And if you are your own worst enemy, no one can help you. You have got to get the help within. You have to build that strength and that inner belief in yourself. Do do you see a consistent, big mental stumbling block that most girls have going into competition? It's belief in themselves, period. Mm. It is. and, And I tell them this. Listen, I struggle with that myself still today. I feel I'm successful at work. I feel that I cut. I feel like I'm confident, but I have my moments. We all do. There's nothing to be ashamed of with that, but you a, a need to be surrounding yourself with a positive support system. Who's going to, if there's negative people around you who are bashing you or beating you down, you have to start removing them in some way or another from getting into your head, especially before competition. Number two, surround yourself with positive supports. Number three, I help guide them in terms of their platform to give them homework to do. Because Stephen, think about it. If I leave them just, they don't have homework. They need to have homework because that's their own activities. And then they'll send me an email going, I did what you said. I did this, this, and this. Terrific. Great. Keep going. Because one key to life is 
if you're feeling down about yourself, how can you make yourself feel valued? Give back to others. Help other people. Years ago, I went to a therapist and she goes, you know what, Wendy, you need to, you need to volunteer somewhere. You need to do something for other people. So guess what? I worked with Big Brothers Big Sisters and I became a mentor through that. And I would take this little girl every week to go paint at Color Me Mine and she would paint a bowl or a plate or she would paint Elvis. And I'd be sitting there like, why am I here? Is this really doing anything? I'm just sitting here watching her paint this thing. I talk about a bad attitude. I sure had one. Well, guess what? Fast forward it to nearly a decade later. Her mother emailed me and told me her daughter had been accepted to a program for kids who are gifted in the arts. And she said, thank you so much. It was because of you that she, that she really nurtured her artistic talents. So what I'm saying is get out of your own way. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. First of all, a to everyone out there who's watching and listening, you are young and beautiful. And when you're older, you will look back and say, I wasn't nearly as bad or whatever it is you're thinking about yourself than I thought I was because you are all young and beautiful and you have the whole world in front of you. And that's something that I didn't even recognize about myself in my 20s. So find a way to give back and help other people to get out of your own way of thinking negative things about where you are and put your life in perspective because there's other people who have it harder than you. And there's other people who don't have the gifts you have. And you're put on this planet to go through the difficulties you've gone through so you can help others. That's awesome. So now for these girls, what do you feel like is the best way for them to prepare for interview? Okay. Number one, your paperwork is your springboard. So your paperwork should really give a comprehensive idea of what you're involved in. I can't tell you how much paperwork I've looked at that is missing big chunks of either what they do or who they are, their hobbies. I mean, for some reason, when it's you, it's hard to figure yourself out. But when someone else is asking you, it starts coming out and you realize, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So the paperwork, first of all, has to be comprehensive. Second of all, know what your strengths are going into interview. Is it your community service? You're optimistic and you love giving back and you're, all your time is spent doing charity works? Well, good. Make sure that in an interview, you tell them what your most important charity work is. But the key to interview, tell your story. Mm. Why is your story important? Your story informs the interview. Because if they don't understand why you're saying something, the answer doesn't matter. I'll give you an example. So I had a paperwork of a gal I was working with for Miss Royalty International. And she said her biggest accomplishment was getting on the dean's list. And I was like, "Mm, okay, I mean, this is okay. But why? She said, well, because I worked really hard. Okay. Okay. But why? Well, because I've never really been on Dean's List before. Okay, but why is this so, why did you? Why suddenly did you hit Dean's List? What made you? What was the impetus? She says, well, growing up, I was always made fun of and people called me stupid. And I was told I had a learning disability. 
and people would call me names. And so I just started believing them. And I thought that I was stupid. And I thought that I just wouldn't learn anything. I just thought this is how I am. So I decided this year to see if it was true. And I worked really hard and I studied. And for the very first time in my life, I got all A's. I said, that's your answer. Yeah. Wow. It's the why. Completely. I, I heard a salesperson say it like this, that facts tell and stories sell. So exactly. tell, tell the story if you want to sell the product, which I, I liked. Now, yes. is is it possible, like in the case of that contestant, is it possible for a contestant con- to control her interview, the direction of her interview? And if so, how can she do it? Yes, actually, that contestant in particular did win that year and she won interview. And the director had told me her interview was so much better than the previous year because she would take the question that was asked. She would add to it. So one of the biggest mistakes that people make in interview is just asking the question. I call it on the nose. If any actors out there know on the nose means you're just reading the line the way that it's written. What makes an, a good actor a good actor is they're saying the meaning behind the words. It's the same in interview. When you are answering their question, you must add to it and tell the story behind it and the why. So you need to continue propelling it to that answer. For example, if they're asking you, um, why did you choose this as your platform? You're going to give your story, your personal story, as to why this is important to you. And then you want to turn it around and explain that that's exactly what you plan to promote if you were to win the pageant. And then I would suggest you talk about what you've been doing already for your platform and then add to it what you hope to do with the title. So it's otherwise you could have just said, well, I plan to promote this, this, this. It's about helping kids get their final wishes done. Hmm. Yes, you answered the question, but did you really take me anywhere? No. Well, now, now with that, some girls can be a little bit talkative. So do you have a, a time frame that she needs to somewhat sum up her answer? Um, and, and what is that? Yes. So that's when I'm working one-on-one with a gal, I hear if she's a babbler. Okay. I call it the babbling syndrome. (laughs) So she'll go on and on. I'm like, girlfriend, that is too long for that answer. So here's what there is in interview. There's high gain questions and there's low gain questions. A low gain question is something like, tell us what your favorite color is, or what's your favorite thing to do on the weekends, or what's your favorite thing to do with your husband? So those are things that really don't relate to the title. Don't take a lot of time. Just say, you know, I love to go to the movies with my husband. He and I are big movie aficionados. We just saw whatever movie. It was awesome. Okay, done. I want that to be over in 15 seconds. Now, if they ask you a question related to your platform or why should you win the title? Why should we choose you? What would you do if you were to win Miss Royalty International? That's going to allow you more time. You should take more time on those. So, Stephen, it's a different length of time based on the importance of the question. Make yeah. sense? No, it makes complete sense, actually. Um, okay. Now, with that, can a girl have more control over her interview by the way that she writes her bio? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I personally like to fill in the blanks on my bio. A lot of people say, I'm just going to say this one word because they'll ask me about it. Okay, that's true. But 
I feel like, do you really want to be explaining everything on your bio because you're not explaining any of it? I want you to use your interview time wisely. Let's face it, even if you have it written down on your paper, they're still going to say, why should we choose you as blah, blah, blah. So it won't take away from your interview time. But there are certain, there's a few kinds of judges, Stephen. One judge is this, head buried in the paper, looking at the paper, barely ever looks up. They're too busy reading. They're analytical. The other judge says, I'm not reading this paper. I'm going to just ask her questions and see how she responds. And then there's another kind of judge who's a former title holder. Now they're going to drill you because they want to make sure that you're, that you're really ready for the title. So they're going to ask you, what would you do with this title if you were to win? And then there's another, another kind of judge who will grab a question off the page, throw it down and then see how you respond. They won't read the paperwork, but they'll use the paperwork. So you've got to be ready for all of those. So the key to the interview with everybody is answer enough of the questions on the paperwork, give enough explanation that you're not explaining everything. Mm. So if you work for Make-A-Wish, you would want it on your paperwork. I'm a volunteer and I'm a wish grantor and fundraiser for Make-A-Wish, which grants wishes to terminally ill children. This way, we don't have someone asking you, well, what's Make-A-Wish? You want the time spent wisely, right? Right. Completely. Okay. So what should girls keep in mind to transition now over to evening gown? What should girls keep in mind when they choose their evening gown? And should she always go with the one that she just absolutely falls in love with? I have a lot of gals who want to fall in love with a gown. If I fell in love with a gown, it would be pale pink and I'd look like I deserve to be on top of a cake. Probably not a gown I should be wearing. I recommend you pick one that's right for your body, one that's perfect for your system, one that's age appropriate, and one that is modest. I personally like a classy gown. I know that girls who do USA think they need to have a slit up to here and a neckline down to there. And frankly, I don't see girls winning with that. If you have female judges, which chances are you'll have at least half of your judges are female, it's kind of a turnoff. I even know I have a friend of mine who judged the last Miss United States pageant, and she said, if a girl was showing too much, I scored her down a gown. Done. End of subject. So I think that's a pretty, unless you're doing, and I have to say, even Galaxy. The winner of Galaxy for the Misses had a slit, but she wasn't showing at all. The winner who won in the Miss Division had a plunging neckline, but she didn't have a slit as well. Choose one or the other. So be tasteful. So no, if you love a gown that's low in the back and high in the slit and this and that, no, you shouldn't wear it. I've had clients like that. They're like, but I love this gown. I said, but you're not going to get that gown. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now regarding, regarding fitness, so what do you feel like is the biggest thing competitors need to remember um, when preparing for swimsuit? Okay. Here's another area I feel like not everybody gets. You need to have symmetry with your body. So if you are heavy in the thighs, you really need to focus on whittling down the thighs. That is diet, nutrition, and weights. And a lot of girls think that weightlifting is going to bulk them up. Absolutely not. Like 1% of you might possibly get too bulky. Someone who's a former gymnast. Other than that, 
you really to get the symmetry that you need and the long lines that you need. You do need weights, but you need to be educated about that. And I, by the way, I recommend Mike Monty is good at emailing you a, um, a list of exercises. Michelle Levesque is someone that I've used in the past for when I placed first runner up at Mrs. United States. I have the best body I had. Now, granted, I ate more chicken than I'd like to. But if you want to be competitive in swimsuit or fitness, you had better be symmetrical. Yeah. And if you have bigger hips, you need to work on your shoulders because that'll help make your give you proportion. You need an equal on the top as you have on the bottom. That being said, choose a swimsuit and a fitness outfit that's appropriate for your figure. So if you do have a very long torso, then chances are you want to do more of a V style in the bottom that you're wearing so that it doesn't look too long and start looking almost a little ridiculously long if you have a short torso you should be having something that's cut down in the front to make your torso appear a little bit longer so you have to truly work with your body type and if you're a missus yes you can win in a one piece i won at my state for mrs minnesota america in a one piece because if that looks better on your body then you should wear that now if you're in a system where for example you have to wear a two-piece then that's what you should do yeah Completely. Now, is there any like makeup body tricks or kind of mental tricks that you teach your clients before they get on the stage to really put their best foot forward while they're half naked? Cover your tattoos, girls. Yeah. Um, people have judgments about tattoos, even though some, it could be empowering. Maybe you have, you know, the name of a sister who passed on. I mean, there could be stories behind it, but in swimsuit, it can be distracting. I know that there was that one girl who went to USA and she had tattoos. That was a little different because I feel like she had so much of it and there was some story related to it for interview. That was her story. That's different. But if you just have a butterflies, you like butterflies or you have wings because, you, you know, then that kind of stuff really is distracting and should be covered. So your swimsuit choice should be based on that, too. In terms of posing, your posing is really crucial when you're in swimsuit and in gown. I rather swimsuit and in fitness because your body needs to look its best. So that's where a coach comes into play to help you to figure out how do you pose for your body type so that on stage you look as lean and also as symmetrical as possible. Yeah. Now, regarding regarding the platform, I mean, to transition again, how important is it to select the right platform and to market it in, in the context of actually winning the pageant? It doesn't really matter what you choose. What matters is your story related to why you chose it. It is important that you're doing something for a platform. And I do meet a lot of girls who are transitioning from systems like NAM, where they never really had a platform. And then they're moving into USA or some other systems and they don't have a platform. And I always say, you really need to develop one, especially if you're in the preteen years, you need to start moving in that direction. And if you're a teen, you absolutely need one. And then I've met girls in their twenties who don't yet have one. So what it does is it helps direct you in your interview. Why do you want this title? If you don't really have a purpose other than, I want to be a role model. Well, that's good. Everyone's going to say that. So what makes you different than everybody else who wants to be a role model? It's going to be your story. So it's crucial that you develop one. And and that's what I do primarily as I work with girls to help them figure out what their platform is. Most women don't know what their platform is. 
And sometimes it's a matter of me interviewing somebody and finding out some things that may have happened to them or things that are happening in their lives or what's going on around them that they feel is an important issue to address and incorporating that into a platform. For example, I had a young girl who didn't have a platform. She watched a documentary about girls getting raped on campus and it was on CNN and she was so shocked about how many one out of four girls in their freshman and sophomore years get raped on campus. She decided to make that her platform for the Outstanding Teen Organization. And she ended up winning her title. So it doesn't have to be something that's happened to you, but it does need to be something you're passionate about and have a reason to it. Yeah. Any any kind of questions that you would suggest uh, the listeners to ask themselves to help uncover what that passion is? Is there something that you've been going through, whether it's a disease or bullying, or you've overcome something in your life that was an obstacle that was really difficult? Or is there something that outrages you? I have a client who just chose human trafficking. She's a nurse and she's been hearing a lot about this. And sometimes she has girls come in and, you know, if you go to the doctors, they'll ask you, do you feel safe? And girls are afraid to mark that and say, no, I don't, because they're afraid their trafficker is outside. So she she recognized a need. Can you, Do you recognize a need? Mm. Do you see a need for this? Do you feel another client of mine, her brother has a disability. So hers is about being kind to those who are different from you. Mm. What's happening around you? What are you about? What is your character about? What do you want to help with? Those are important. That's great. What is one or you could even say two items that you would suggest every girl needs to bring to her pageant that costs less than $20? A spray gun for tanning. That's going to be found at Sally's. It's called the Bronze Goddess because I've had uh, my client who just went to Mrs. Minnesota, United States, was not tan enough. She did not bring a tanner. And then she was wearing white and on stage it blew her right out and she looked very, very pale. So depending on the system, you may want to just give yourself a little shot of color. Uh, The second thing would be confidence. You better have that confidence in check so that when you're there looking around you, you're not comparing yourself to everybody else. You better keep your head on because you can psych yourself up in five seconds easily. And you ha- that's where it comes into play that you, A, have a great team to cheerlead you on. Your coach should be in constant contact with you. I actually tell all my clients that from here on out, once you're at the pageant, everything is free. So if you need to contact me to run through questions, call me. If you have questions and you don't know what to say, text me. If you need anything, moral support, if you're wondering about your hair and makeup, take a picture and send it to me. So you need to have anything that's going to give you peace of mind and confidence. That's what you need to set yourself up for is complete confidence. Love that. Um, Now, you've given so many like just awesome tips throughout this interview. Uh, If you was and, and a lot of times when. I mean, you've been feeding them with a fire hose. So like, oh gosh. <laughs> so if there was like one actionable step that you feel like if girls just did this one thing, it would help them succeed like exponentially. What would that one actionable step be? And you can't say call you. We'll, we'll have them call you after. <laughs> I'm thinking. Okay. It depends on your weakness. 
if you're somebody who's never walked out on stage, you've got to get that walk down. Hmm. You have got to have posture that is queenly. The posture I'm seeing on girls today is probably the worst I've ever seen. We're all hunched over computer. Girls who are developing and they're young, they're curving, they're hiding. Women need to stand up. Every age division needs incredible posture. The key, I'd say, number one is posture. Posture, posture, posture. That, that informs who you are. So I'd say that in terms of let's flip it. Let's say that you're amazing on stage. You had better be able to connect with the judges, whether you're on stage and in, in gown and all that, or whether you're in interview. And that means be real. These pageant answers have to stop the pageant patties, the giving an answer that your coach told you to say you sound rehearsed. It's a turnoff. We're looking for the authentic girl when we're judging. And I've judged many pageants. If I feel like a girl is a pageant patty, everything she does on stage is so identifiably, identifiably coached. It's a big turnoff. And I have seen countless girls not win because they are, they're coached in a bad way. And that means now we lost the fun of who you are. Now we lost the little girl. Now we lost the genuine human being you are. First and foremost, be yourself and let us see who you are. But if you're afraid, I won't see that. I will see fear. If you're not prepared, I'll see you flub on stage and then you can't be you. So that's why coaching is crucial because now it's time to relax. When, to me, when you go to the pageant, you shouldn't even need anything from me because you better be ready. And you want to be focused on being your best self. Here's what I tell every client. Go there, win Miss Congeniality, and win the pageant. Love it. Um, so if you want to hire Wendy, you can go to the pageant planet and click find a coach and you'll find her business in there under crowning success with Wendy Russo. But how can they connect with you on social media too, Wendy? Can you give us, um, your handles there so they can find you? Sure. I'm on Twitter at Wendy with an I at the end underscore Russo, R-U-S-S-O. I'm also on Facebook, but I will say this, girls, you need to send me a private message on Facebook because I don't friend everybody because I'm kind of close to my 5,000 limit. And I'm, and I also don't want pageant stalkers on my page looking at my stuff. <laughs> so, so I, I do kind of screen you. So if you're contacting me because you're interested in coaching, write me a message. Don't just try to friend me because I'll kind of look and I'll be like, do I know her? I don't think I do. And then I won't necessarily friend you. Um, but I also have my Instagram account, which you can certainly follow me there. I'm not on a private account. And it's Wendy with an I at the end, Russo. And uh, so feel free. That's that's a perfect place. And you can contact me any of those ways. That's awesome. Wendy, thanks again so much. I mean, I learned a lot. I know the listeners learned a lot. And jeez, uh, I mean, wealth of information. Congrats on all your success. Thank truly. you, Stephen. You're a doll as usual. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47. $47.